Hello and welcome to Strange Sound. I'm Joe. Glad to have you with me on this fine Saturday. Let's see, it is June 26th as I record this, and you will likely hear it if you hear it at all. You will hear it on Monday, which will be, well, several days from now. <laughs> will actually be the 28th. I think this will be posted. So if you hear it the day it is posted, today is the 28th. But for me, in my time-space continuum, the day is Saturday, June 26th. It's very hot out today in upstate New York. It's hot and muggy. It's going to get hotter. A little bit of nice uh, middle-of-the-summer weather coming our way. Awesome. Anyway, my standard disclaimer, if you will, or if you won't. If you will, my standard disclaimer goes something like this. The views expressed on strange sound are my own. They do not reflect the views of anyone associated with me, not my family members, not my friends, not my Facebook friends, not the people who follow me on Twitter, not my co-workers, not my employers, um, no institutions or companies or organizations that I am affiliated with, no one, absolutely no one, not my neighbors, not people passing me by on the street is represented in the things said on this program. Only myself. They are my opinions and my opinions alone. When I uh, make reference to other people's ideas, I try to give them credit. If I don't give them proper credit, feel free to reach out to me and uh, set me straight. Uh, sometimes I forget where things come from, or sometimes I forget to give people credit, or I don't give them proper credit. I mispronounce their names. That happens. Lord knows, I am not an elocutionist. Far from it. Oh, anyway, um, so that's that's my disclaimer. This is episode 69, by the way. And uh, I am going to, as is my habit now, uh, read my blog post for the week, my furious rant, if you will, um, which you can find in text form on my blog at big-green.net. Just follow the blog link um, and click through to the main landing page for the blog. It should be the first or second entry. Uh, if you click on the category of political rants, you will find the political rant at the top, which is dated June 25th, 2021, and it is entitled, Voting the Bums In for the Last Time. And it goes something like this. Okay, so the For the People Act did not overcome the filibuster this past week. That was no surprise, of course. Neither was the fact that Republican senators made no effort to specify exactly why they thought the provisions of the act would negatively affect Republicans. They speak in billboards, these people, short, snappy phrases like power grab and stop the steal with no key as to what the hell they're talking about. But let's be clear, in state houses across the country, GOP legislatures and governors are putting the mechanisms in place to commandeer the next election regardless of who gets the most votes. The For the People Act would have rolled much of those back, 
Without some restraint from the federal level, it's going to be very difficult for poorer and disenfranchised people to access the ballot in the coming elections. Republicans have been working on this stuff for a long time. They've been pushing voter ID laws, rolling back early voting, and resisting policies like automatic voter registration for decades. During the Bush II administration, the W. Bush administration, they even fired a bunch of U.S. attorneys for not aggressively prosecuting voter fraud cases, which, frankly, were practically non-existent even then. The reason is simple. The more people vote, the more they tend to lose because their stated policies are so deeply unpopular. Also, they have long tended to appeal to their constituents' baser instincts, namely fear of immigrants, fear and hatred of dark people more generally, fear of crime, etc. Democrats have resorted to this as well, but less so over time as white people have become a proportionately smaller part of the electorate. Many of them do accommodate the views of their Republican colleagues, of course. Uh, There is, however, a difference in kind, not degree, about the current conservative movement. I put conservative in quotes here. Now they truly seem determined not only to steal elections via legal and extra-legal means, but to set themselves up so that they permanently remain in power. Trump is not what I would call a thought leader on the right, but he does have utter contempt for rules, restrictions, and institutions, and I think he deployed this to supercharge the autocratic tendencies in the Republican Party, which now seems enamored with his erratic dictatorial behavior. Readers of this blog will know that I had my doubts last year over whether Trump would leave office if he lost the election. Based on what we know he and his cohorts attempted to do, I think that sentiment was justified. In all honesty, if Trump or some Trump clone runs for president in 2024, I think there's a better than good chance that with the support of these GOP legislators and governors, that candidate will be named the winner. And once they pull that off, staying permanently becomes that much easier. You know, at the beginning of Trump's term, Keith Oberman put out a series of videos attacking him as a usurper, a criminal, and an autocrat. While I think the Russia, Russia, Russia stuff was way overblown, he was kind of right about Trump's congeniality towards the idea of ruling like freaking King Rat. I, for one, will not underestimate the danger of autocracy again, and I strongly suggest that you take the same precaution. Love you, Joe. That's my rant. For this week, um, my furious rant, once again, you can see that, read that, share that at big-green.net. Follow the blog link. Um, the actual direct link to that is, to that post is, oops, I dropped my glasses. Not good. <laughs> the actual direct link is big-green.net slash bg slash 2021 slash 06 slash voting dash the dash bums dash in dash for the last time. Just go to big-green.net and click on the blog link. It'll be easier. I can't even read the bloody thing. Anyway, so what do we have to say about that? Well, um, I know... I'm sure there are listeners to this podcast because I tend to share it with people who are um, on the on the deep left, on the 
theoretical left, on the radical um, sort of ground level left. Um, and I am just a commentator. I just speak into a microphone in my basement, right? I don't do anything. So <laughs> I am not a force for good in the world is what I'm trying to say. In any substantive um, way, I, I do this podcast, I do the blog. That's pretty much all I do. Otherwise, I'm useless. But um, I, I'm sure a lot of the folks that I'm thinking of here on the left will, you know, I've said this before, probably take issue with the fact that I'm kind of an electoralist, that I talk about elections a lot, that I talk about the process of elections and, and people having access to the ballot. Um, and I've said many times, and I'll say it again, voting is not the only thing that counts, obviously. In fact, there are much more important things. Um, organizing is very much more important. Voting sort of falls out of organizing in some respects. Um, you know, elections proceed from organizing, in my opinion, when they are successful. Um, when organizing is is effective, then uh, you can get the electoral results that you want as a byproduct of that though the intent of organizing is much broader than just elections and election victories. My, my point you know, is, and I've said this many times before, is that more than one thing is important in the world. <laughs> so to say that something is important is not to say that other things aren't important too. I mean, you have to do certain things, right? You have to breathe air, but you also have to drink water, which is more important. Well, you might think breathing air is more important because you can't live without air for very long. Um, you can live longer without drinking water, but not much longer, right? You got to have water. So <laughs> they're both important. We need both. And one is one may be more important, yes, more vital, more immediately vital than the other, but we need both. And what I'm saying is that we need, you know, organizing, we need mutual aid, we need work on the ground, we need to network with one another and, and support one another in fundamental ways that have more to do with just getting through life and making life easier for our, our neighbors and our fellow citizens and non-citizens. Um, but we also need to pay attention to elections. And as we speak, efforts are underway to block certain constituencies from voting in elections. Now, I know the Democratic Party is mostly a pile of crap and a bunch of, you know, basically corporate-driven conservative people. I mean, it's the Democratic leadership in the House has just announced that they're going to start a, a pack to fight any, any uh, primary challenges for their favored candidates, for their, their incumbents, um, because they're worried about what Justice Democrats has been pulling off with people like AOC and, and Jamal Bowman and Cory Bush and folks that have won at the expense of uh, long-serving democratic centrists, essentially, um, corporate Democrats. So, yeah, it's a problematic party. I know. 
the the problem is the problem we have is uh, you know there's several levels to this i mean we're obviously heading for a lot of different cliffs right we're heading for a climate cliff <laughs> uh we we have a ticking time bomb here right we need to start turning this ship around before we go off the uh waterfalls um it is less and less likely with every passing month that we are going to actually be able to save ourselves from the worst effects of climate change. Um, and I don't want to be a pessimist. I'm not a pessimist. I, I want to think that we can actually do this if we can pull our, ourselves together. But <laughs> the thing I can guarantee is if Republicans are allowed to win election after election. There is absolutely no hope that we can turn this thing even slightly around, let alone to the extent that we actually need to to do um, to accomplish over in the coming years, in the coming handful of years. We absolutely need to do this. And the only way we can stop Republicans from running everything is to elect people to office who are not Republicans. And the only reasonable way we can do that in the short term is to elect as progressive a Democrat as we can get our hands on because of the two-party system, the corrupt two-party system that has been designed and you know cultivated over the, over the decades and yes, centuries, <laughs> since the founding of the country, to be this way, to be like representative of the powerful, right? And we have wrested elements of it away from the power, right? We, we have managed over the years to sort of get a foot in the door, expand the electorate, you know, get more responsive people in there. I am of the opinion that people like Cory Bush and Jamal Bowman and AOC and Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib, and and even folks like uh, you know Ro Khanna, um, others that are that are a little bit to the you know more to the center than than the squad. Um, I think that they are better. Then, and I've said this in previous episodes, I think that they're better than the average Democrat um, in, in terms of policy. And they support policies that we support. They support, you know, universal health care. They support all kinds of stuff. I could go through the litany, but you know what, what policies I'm talking about. Are these things sufficient? No, they're not sufficient. Do they agree with me on everything? No, they don't. But the fact is we need... These we, we need to contest these races. We need to stop Republicans from running everything because um, there's a strong potential. <laughs> there is a very strong potential the way things are going right now in electoral politics, and again, bear with me, in electoral politics right now, regardless of what else we're doing on the ground. When I say we, I mean you. <laughs> regardless of what else is happening on the ground on the left right now in terms of electoral politics the pieces are being put in place 
to ensure Republican control of all of the institutions of government from the state level to the federal level into perpetuity. These people are giving themselves the tools they need to accomplish what they tried to do in 2020 but couldn't pull off, which was to keep Trump in power, maybe permanently. I don't know. I don't know what they had in mind. But, I mean, once you once you um, force people to accept a person who was not elected president as your president, then there's no reason why you should step away from that. Once you've wrested power away, there's no reason to step away from that. Now, I know a lot of people are probably going to think, well, yeah, Biden, is he much better? Not enough better. Not enough. But different. There is a difference. There is a difference. And uh, I, for one, do not want to live in a complete autocracy. Right now we are living in something that can be termed a republic (laughs) that has very limited avenues for democratic rule, uh, that has very little responsiveness to uh, ordinary citizens, people who are not rich. Um, And that's problematic. And we need to, we, we are working on that, right? We are trying to move the country in a more responsive direction. But the thing we don't need right now is to allow <laughs> is a, to allow the right wing in this country to to not only put themselves in power but keep themselves in power. And it is obvious that what they are doing is setting themselves up to be able to accomplish that goal of permanently staying in power. This is deeply problematic. And so, you know, I think, (laughs) what can we do about it? I don't know. Uh, Engage. (laughs) We need to encourage our legislators to um, fight back. We need to try to get things like, you know, admittedly, the For the People Act is, is a half measure like a lot of things that are proposed at that level, but it's better than nothing. It's probably going to be challenged by the Supreme Court. But again, we have the Supreme Court we have because what? We lost a bunch of elections. That's why we have the Supreme Court that we have right now. It's because Republicans were allowed to win a bunch of seats in the Senate and to win the presidency. Repeatedly, from the time of Bush too, particularly, Bush, too, was able to appoint two justices, right? I think he got two, right? He replaced Rehnquist and, with John Roberts, and he, and he appointed Alito. It's hugely problematic, right? We, we have now his two, the three that were appointed by, um, by Trump, and we have uh, Justice Thomas, who is appointed by Bush's father, who is to the right of practically all of them. But it's a six to three court now. We also have on the the Democratic appointed side, 
We have Justice Breyer, who is, he shows no inclination of retiring anytime soon, which is pretty much the same problem we had with Ruth Bader Ginsburg, who decided, you know, at the last opportunity that that Democrats could actually replace her, uh, decided that she wanted to hang on to her seat a little bit longer and just hung on too long. Um, And and here we are. Um, We have a six to three. Supreme Court, um, I'm sure, again, people out there are probably thinking, well, you know, the three are not that great. That's true. But the six are worse. And the problem is they're going to start handing down decisions that are going to severely limit the rights of ordinary Americans, people who aren't rich, essentially. They're going to start handing down decisions that are going to negatively affect people who are not rich. The vast majority of people in this country. And that's hugely problematic. And it's the result of losing too many elections. So, you know, I don't want to go on about this too long. Suffice to say, we can't discount the danger of losing what little democracy we have. We have very little voice in who runs this country you know, both at the legislative level and the executive level. Very little voice. But we are in danger of losing even that much. We should be going in the other direction. Instead, we're playing defense, essentially. And that's deeply problematic. So, yeah, you know, we need to organize. We need to... We need to expand progressive... Voices, um, we need to send more progressive voices to the national legislature, the Congress. We need to send more progressive voices to our state legislatures. We need to, we need to put as progressive um, a president in there as we can. Um, but we also need to keep it, keep those seats from being held by this radical Republican Party that we have now that is hell-bent on basically resting power and hanging on to it forever. (laughs) Forever is a long time, but I mean, you know, in a semi-permanent vein, it will be like the kind of autocratic regimes that we see that have demonstration elections. I mean, Russia's a bit like this. I, I happen to think that they do have somewhat contested elections, but they obviously, you know, one party has been in power for a long time and they, they use the levers of control that they've built up over the decades to keep opposition candidates from winning. And, you know, there are other states as well, other countries as well that have essentially a one party state and demonstration elections. And that's, I think that's what we're heading for. It's we're heading for a situation where a minority party, the Republican party, which represents a a minority of people in the country, mostly white people is going to, you know, lock themselves in (laughs) is going to make it so that, you know, if a vote is close or even if a vote isn't close, they're going to be able to substitute the will of, legislators, Republican legislators at the state level for the will of the voters in the state. 
they're going to be able to, you know, in a presidential election, choose electors that they prefer. I mean, there's really nothing barring them from doing that at this point. And since they run the courts as well, it's it's kind of hard to sort of, you know, take issue with that and, and get any kind of, you know, um, remedy for that legally. So I, I guess, you know, kind of simple point, right, this week. It's, it's simply that we're approaching a kind of cliff. We may go over, we may not go over. I don't know that where we're heading is autocracy. I don't know that, you know, this this thing is going to happen that they are sort of preloading here. All I know is that what they are doing right now is setting things up so that they can rest power in the next election, whether they win or not, and hold on to it indefinitely. And that is a huge problem. Now, I don't know that's going to happen. Maybe that won't happen. You know, maybe it'll just be, you know, oh, okay, well, they'll when they lose, they'll leave. Okay, that would be great. But uh, I, I, you know, I don't see any indication that they're, that they're willing to be reasonable about this. I don't think we should rely on the kindness of strangers. <laughs> and they are strange. It doesn't get any stranger than them. Seriously. As I said, you know, those uh, commentaries by Keith Oberman <laughs> back in 2017, which I think he did for GQ or something like that. It was, it was on YouTube somewhere. Um, there are little video commentaries that they put out through Twitter, I think. It was over the top. You know, he's he tends to rant, obviously. It gets angry. It's more, it's partly just entertainment. Um, and you know, he went on about Russia and all this stuff. Okay. The, the part about, you know, Trump being an autocrat, a potential autocrat, he does act like an autocrat and he tried to, you know, put himself back into power, even though he lost an election and lost it kind of badly, especially for an incumbent president. I mean, he, he got trounced, in a, in a sense, for an incumbent <laughs> and in a very high turnout election. And he tried to stay in power. And there was a strong sense, you know, leading up to the election that it was a possibility he would not leave. And I know it was something that people kind of discussed in an offhand way. And it's, it almost kind of normalized it, Right. I mean, we haven't had that yet in the United States. And I don't think we should start anytime soon. So anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. And that's really all I got for this week. Um, I know I probably focus on this too much and I should probably take a pill or something. But eh, I just got a bad feeling about this. And again, as I said at the beginning, we don't have a lot of time to waste here. If we're going to implement anything like what we need to implement in order to, you know, avoid the worst effects of climate change, we've got five minutes, right? 
We don't have time to work through all this shit. So, again, don't forget the electoral side of things. Organizing is important. Mutual aid is important. Building better community institutions from the ground level is vastly more important, but voting is important as well. That's all I have. I'd like to hear what you have to say. I'm sure there's people who take issue with this. By all means, go to anchor.fm slash strangesound. You'll find the means to leave a one-minute voice message. Um, you can reach out to me on Twitter, at strangesoundpod. You can go to big-green.net and click on the contact link to find other ways to get in touch with me. Uh, by all means, push back comment like the show share the show uh comment on the show if you want to turn this into a conversation i'd be happy to arrange for any way you want to do it like if you want to do it by zoom or skype or phone call or whatever i don't care whatever you like whatever technology you prefer be glad to uh have other voices involved here. As I've said before, I'm sick of listening to myself. Oh my God. Can't stand the sound of my voice. Anyway, uh, hopefully see you next week and thank you for listening. Take care out there. Get your shots. Be safe. See you soon.